And we are back. Another episode of Real Talk. Jeff here. Brad, how are you, sir? I am so good. Good to be back. Looking forward to recap a crazy weekend in football. Yeah, we are another week down. That makes two. And we had uh, a fair share of probably what most people would consider predictable games. I mean, just in our Pick'em League last week, most people had somewhere between 12 to to 13 points, if not 14 for a couple people. So it was a rather predictable week, but I do think there was some clarity, and I'm excited to get to it. Mm-hmm. Let's go ahead and start off with Thursday night. Um, at the end of our rankings episode last week, we both kind of at the end of the episode said, hey, we're picking the Browns. Um, as it got closer to kickoff, I threw up a poll just to kind of see what the uh, Real Talk Facebook world would, would think. And I actually picked the Bengals on there because at the last minute, I just got this this urge that the Bengals were going to win. Now, I came up wrong, but I think I was closer than uh, what I would have thought. What did you think of the Browns-Bengals? Um, I think the Browns, the, the, the two takeaways is one, I know I shared in the Real Talk Facebook page, a lot of you saw it, the all the 0-2 teams, there being 11 of them. And you could really make an argument that the Bengals are the best 0-2 team. There's definitely um, an argument. Yeah, there's yeah. an argument to be made. Watching the game, the two takeaways I took is one, Joe Burrow's a dog. Um, it just sucks. He plays in such a tough division. Throwing it anything else, he threw it 61 times without a pick. That was insane to me. And the other one is that the Browns have allowed 38 and 30 in their two games. I don't know. I has any team allowed more through their first two games than the Browns at 68 points? Now, I know they played the Ravens, but they played a 2-0 and team and now an 0-2 team, and they've allowed 68 points. I think that's scary for Browns fans. Yeah, the, the Falcons have allowed 78 through two games. Oof. Yeah. But, um, no, it, it was a very fun game to watch. Um, it was close the whole time. No one ever really took, like, it wasn't like the Bengals were just scoring in garbage time. There was a lot of points back and forth throughout the whole game. And, um, the battle of Ohio is always fun because it's so close. And especially for me being a Steelers fan, it's a divisional game. So I know a lot of people are tuned in and Nick Chubb, you know, took first week off, but he's back both running backs. Kareem Hunt also has in what the twenties for fantasy. So yeah, they both uh they both balled out, got OBJ involved. The Browns offense, nothing to complain about. Everybody got theirs, but Bengals defense and the Browns defense both. Wow. Not good. Yeah, if the the Browns played like this every week, they would be a Super Bowl contender. I mean, obviously they are playing the Bengals, but uh Baker played good, sixteen to twenty-three, uh, threw a couple of touchdowns, he threw an interception. But what I wanted to see after the Ravens game, and I, I pointed it out, is 23 carries for the two Chubb and Hunt wasn't enough for me. This week they went 32 carries, so they added another 10 carries um, and ended up getting 210 total yards and three touchdowns on the ground. That is the formula to win games if you're the Browns. I think the only problem for the Browns is 100% you're right, that's the formula. But if they trail in games, everyone always thought Lamar Jackson, you know, his biggest question is, how is he going to do playing from behind? That's the Browns' biggest concern. Absolutely. With as, with as poorly as their defense is playing and as inconsistent as Baker Mayfield is, 
two or three possessions into the game, the Browns could be down by 10-plus points, and that's when the Browns are bad. When they get a lead, like most teams, they do better with a lead in the NFL. But the Browns are dependent on it, and I think that's what is so frustrating for Browns fans when they think that they're going to go 11-5 and five or 10-6 and six and then end up having only five or six wins. It's just too much inconsistency, and they need a perfect game to win. Yeah, I mean, from watch, I watched pretty much the entire game, and Odell, I mean, his stats, four catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown. Honestly, that didn't do it justice. He had another, he had another target where he had his defender beat deep, and he was clearly being held, and there was no call. Probably would have been a second long touchdown. So these these stats could have very easily been five catches, 110-ish yards, and two touchdowns. So like- Odell. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I like seeing that Odell, his 43-yard touchdown, he caught it about 40, 41 yards down the field. He didn't have to take a slant the whole distance. I like that they're adding deep routes in for OBJ instead of yeah. just a catch-and-run kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, go ahead and move it on. And uh, this ended up getting a really good game. And, and you know, we've been uh, critical of the Jags this whole offseason. And we're going to get right into this game, Jacksonville and the Tennessee Titans. And I think we learned a lot in this game. And that is that I am, I'm switching course on the Jags. I'm going to, I'm going to struggle to pick them to win games, but I'm no longer going to be shocked when they play well. Minshew mania is no longer Minshew mania. It's just Minshew doing his thing. Um, they come up short in this one, 33-30. This, the Titans take the win. Titans have been great. Um, as you learned yesterday in my rankings, I, I'm now high on them. I'm, I've always been high on them, but I just wasn't sure what to get. But Ryan Tannehill is clearly working through four touchdowns. What else is the same, man? The Titans are really good, but Jacksonville can hang in there. Yeah, um, Jacksonville is definitely a pleasant surprise, even though they, um, they're a one and one correct? Yeah. They won the first week against the Colts. Yeah. They're a pleasant surprise. That running back, James Robinson. I mean, if you got everyone needs to go to their fantasy leagues and look up to see if this guy's been taken. I mean, both weeks one and two, I believe, he, he's he's gotten touchdowns and last week he had over a hundred yards. Um, just jumping real quick to the Jets and how bad Sam Darnold and the Jets look right now under Adam Gase. I think everyone thought it was a positive for Adam Gase that, oh, he he won games with Ryan Tannehill in Miami. Well, I think it was the opposite. I think he was still holding back Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill is way better than what we believed him to be. And since he got to the Titans, all he did was change them from a non-existent team, really just a 7-9, and 8-8 team, and turn them into a Super Bowl contender because I believe – the Titans under Mike Vrabel were seven and nine, three straight years or something like that, or around mediocre. But now they're a team that you don't want to see on your schedule. Um, Mike Vrabel and, and Tannehill, like you said, it's clearly working and they're finding ways to win games. And uh, Jacksonville, that offense, it, I mean, it, they, they play really good football. Um, their defense is still... Um, I mean, they allowed 33 to the Titans, and Derrick Henry only rushed for what, like 70 yards, 60 yards. So that's 84. that's interesting. That yeah, he didn't run for under 100. Yeah. 
and they still allowed 33 points. That secondary needs a lot of work. Um, if only they had a number one or a number two corner, like if they could trade for a Ramsey or an Aboye or something, that would probably help them out. Well, they, they <laughs> let they let Logan Ryan walk. No, I'm talking about the Jaguars. Oh, okay. I was just making poking fun at them losing their top two corners. Yeah, but, I mean, um, they, they traded those guys away, and they got the comp- compensation for them. And Jacksonville is going to be interesting over the next three years because if, if they truly are going to ride Minshew, which I believe they should, there's no reason why they shouldn't. Um, unless they get the number one overall pick, there's no need to trade up to get it. You know what I, Are you feeling me there? There's no reason yeah. to trade up for Trevor. If Trevor's there, okay, fine. Totally get it. Generational talent, Trevor Lawrence. But Gardner Minshew has done nothing to lose this job. And, and I mean, should be considered the franchise quarterback moving forward until he does something to screw it up unless something falls in your lap. Um, I, I mean, I got a question, and maybe I'll ask it again on Sunday if we're going to get into Trevor Lawrence. I'm looking at the 0-2 teams and and even some of the one-on-ones, and although Trevor Lawrence is a top talent, I think the Jaguars are a team that if they did have the first pick, they could trade that to somebody else. Like, I don't see – at this point, I don't see a reason that the Jaguars need to throw more away to get Trevor Lawrence. Gardner Minshew can play, surround him with more talent, and it seems like they have it on offense. I think they need to rebuild that defense. But I don't think the Jaguars are going to lose as many games as we thought. They can play. You could probably, and I mean, feel free to laugh at this, but I, I feel pretty confident saying this. You could probably get somewhere between a late first and a second round pick for Gardner Minshew if you're the Jaguars. If if Trevor does fall in your lap and you wanted to trade away Gardner, I think you could easily get a second round pick. But I think you could potentially, depending on what the team is and and what kind of picks they have, you could probably get a little first <laughs> out of somebody. Yeah, um, I like Garner. I like Tannehill. I don't think either of these teams need a Trevor Lawrence. Getting back to the game, Jaguars stormed back in the second half, made it real close. Goskowski redeems himself from last week, hits a 49-yard game winner, one minute and 36 seconds left. They hold off the Jacksonville Jaguars and win, but the Jaguars' offense is no joke. And this team's gonna make you uh make you work for it every time they play you. We're gonna see it again tonight. Yeah, and, and like you said just there, I mean Gaskowski, two weeks in a row, game winning kick. I mean, hey, can't say too much more, right? Yes, sir. Moving on to our third game. We've seen an improved Tom Brady in the Buccaneers going up against the Carolina Panthers. Um you know, after after talking week one, I think we kind of decided that Carolina is limited in a lot of areas, but should be a fun watch this year as they're as they're preparing to move forward. But then, as we say that Christian McCaffrey goes down with injury, you, you know Bridgewater played well, but he did throw two interceptions, uh, but threw the ball pretty well outside of the two picks. Um, was really completing it all over the field. I mean. Eight catches for DJ Moore, nine for Robbie Anderson, eight for Mike Davis, and then McCaffrey uh, wasn't able to run the ball between the tackles. The Buccaneers have a pretty good defense, though, and, and and Brady was solid, 23 of 35, 200 touch, 200 yards and a touchdown. But the real story was the defense. Mike Evans finally gets it going, but Leonard Fournette, 12 carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, this is clearly Leonard Fournette's backfield at this point. 
Um, I'm excited to see what Tampa Bay does moving forward, but I do think the team's limited. Um, me being such a huge Mike Evans fan, having him in three fantasy leagues, it was really nice to see him get going with Tom Brady. He, pl- <clears throat> he played against his kryptonite, really, in Marshawn Lattimore on half a hammy. You know, he's held the one catch, two yards, and a tutty. But um, seeing him come out week two, it was really nice. Again, uh, staying with the Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette, new starting running back there. Um, but don't don't sleep on Ronald Jones. It's nice that they have a one-two punch that they never feel like they're really giving anything up. So you're going to have full tank of gas running backs pretty much the entire game. That's going to prove good for them because the Buccaneers, I feel, are going to play with a lot of leads this year. And being able to have two guys who can run the rack for four yards a carry, five yards a carry, that's it's kind of scary for the rest of the league. Um, when it comes to the Panthers, DJ Moore had 120 yards on eight catches. Robbie Anderson, I believe, is currently fourth in the NFL in receiving yards through two weeks. That was when McCaffrey needed a seven- to eight-man box. Without Christian McCaffrey, it's tough to see these Panthers win, really, too many more games until he comes back. If you look inside the division, uh, they play the Buccaneers offense, just put up 31. The Falcons offense, I mean, they score a a ton of points. Matt Ryan's on fire. I believe he leads the league in passing currently. So the Panthers, huge blow losing McCaffrey. I mean, at least it's not for the whole year, but this team won't sniff the playoffs. Um, After two weeks, you can pretty much write them off. But um, the Buccaneers, yes, Tom Brady looked better, took care of the Panthers like they were supposed to, and, you know, we'll just uh, watch them to continue to improve without Godwin, might add, but that's, uh, yeah, yeah, they were missing Godwin, but uh, another thing that stand, I mean, fun fact: Tom Brady, obviously after losing Week One, Tom Brady has never started as a starter. Owen two continues that streak up, picks up the W. But moving on to our next game, a uh, little hometown hero for you: the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> versus the Denver Broncos. Pittsburgh twenty six, Denver twenty one. Roethlisberger's great, 29-41, 311 yards, two touchdowns. But, uh, you know, I think you owe an apology to Mr. James Conner. You know, last week you were kind of down on him. You said that he might have lost the job. And he comes out, takes 16 carries for 106 yards and a touchdown and adds uh, two catches for 15 yards. I mean, James Conner was great. What did you think? Well, since this is the only game I truly watched every second of, I will say two things. One. I was a little hard on James Conner. Maybe it was frustration that I had him in fantasy and I just got his autographed jersey and then he went and laid an egg week one, got another injury. But then again, you know, flip side, you know, he, he gets hurt. How frustrated is he? It's his chance to win back his starting job. Benny Snell, I think, had two carries and he fumbled one of them. It was late in the game. Uh, the stat line is a little misleading because James Conner, when we were trying to run the clock out to try and ice the game, a hole opened up and he ran for like a 52 yard play on the second to last play of the game. So, I mean, he wasn't like just gashing the Broncos offense. Um, TJ Watt, you know, didn't get any sacks uh, last week, comes out two and a half sacks against the Broncos. Um, we're, we were all over Locke and Driscoll. Um, the four Broncos losing Drew Locke for a while, Cortland Sutton for the year. We had such high hopes. Von Miller gone for the year, AJ Boye on IR. 
just a terrible break, especially in the division that the Chargers defense is top of the league. The Chiefs are 2-0 and still, and we'll get to them later. But what we will call the emergence of the Raiders, what Raiders nations will say is everyone else realizing it's the Raiders, I'm sure. But, um, yeah, they're, it's looking like they're going to be fourth in the division. The four Raiders didn't, couldn't catch a break. Um, the Steelers' defense, I know a lot of people, like, they almost blew it. Broncos had 21 points, only won by five. Um, a little bit of a fluke, the Steelers did allow six first downs on penalties. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen a whole lot, but I believe out of those six, four of them came on third downs. So, I mean, we were kind of just digging ourselves a little hole there, just a little bit lack of discipline. But uh, we did have a punt return for a touchdown that got called back. Next play, the longest touchdown of the NFL season so far, rookie Chase Claypool. Um, if any of you guys have any questions about if Ben Roethlisberger is healthy with his elbow, go ahead and go watch that play on YouTube. It's the longest touchdown, 85 yards, absolute bomb. Nothing you can say bad about Ben. He had one ugly interception, but through two weeks, he looks like vintage Big Ben. And if Chase Claypool is going to arrive like this, and the Steelers' offensive line, the whole right side is out injured. Not a peep from them the whole game. Played solid. Two guys we've drafted in the last two years came in and filled those spots seamlessly. So if we're going to get good O-line play, but like we said on the on the rankings, you know, both teams we've played are 0-2. And if we beat the Texans, it's most likely that all three teams we'll have beaten will be 0-3. So that's something to keep in mind. But uh, – yeah, Steelers, although only winning by five, they were in control pretty much the whole time. So, good game, but the Broncos, you know, you got to throw out all preseason predictions. You got to throw out every expectation you had after all the all the injuries to very key spots, best player and a pass rusher, your best corner, your starting quarterback, and your number one receiver. Ouch, 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 ouch. Yeah, the Broncos are stake-bitten. I mean, their season's... I mean, they have a really good shot at getting the first overall pick, honestly. It, it, I mean, they have talent to win a few more games. I'm not trying to write them off like that they're terrible, but they have literally lost all their talent and all their all their hype for the year is completely gone at this point. And but, something but, I'd like to add for the Broncos is Jeff Driscoll came in and played against that Steelers defense and played pretty well, honestly. He did. He did. And then they signed Blake Bortles. Like, did they sign him to be the starter? Are they going with Jeff Driscoll forward? I mean – I don't know if Blake Bortles was signed to be the backup. We'll see, but I don't think Blake Bortles helps your team if he's the starter or the backup. I don't see how Blake Bortles helps. Some more clarity. Moving on to the next game, the Los Angeles Rams put it down on the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, this one was fairly close for a little bit, but it just Philly just wasn't really able to put up consistent quarters. They had one good quarter outside of that. They just weren't competitive in this game, and and L.A. had three good quarters. So um, Jared Goff's terrific, 20-27, 267, and three touchdowns, all to Tyler Higby. And the running game was great. You know, they, they handed it off to multiple people, and it, it was enough. They rushed for 191 yards. The Rams, you, you said it yesterday. You said it the week before. Um, you got the hype train going. And I'm slowly, I'm slowly trying to catch up to the train and, and hop on because it's this team is good. I'm not gonna say like what you said that they're back to being a Super Bowl contender because that Super Bowl 53 team was 
loaded. Absolutely loaded. They're not quite there yet, but this is a good football team. And definitely, uh, before the season, I had them at 9-7. and seven. I'm starting to trend up with this team. I think this could be an 11-12 to 12 win team, the more and more I see them. And I'm just not sure what to, to make of Philadelphia. If you have any context to Philadelphia, go ahead. Philadelphia has been just destroyed by injuries on the offensive line. Carson Wentz is trying to overcome that, and Carson Wentz just looks really bad. I, I don't know. They have zero touchdowns by a wide receiver this year so far through two weeks. Um, Miles Sanders was hurt game one. I mean, in game two, 20 carries, 96 yards, and a touchdown. But Carson Wentz is missing open guys. He's throwing interceptions. Um, like I said, they've got an old – you know, probably should be retired by now. Jason Peters at left tackle. Brandon Brooks is out. Their other tackle, Dillard's out. Lane Johnson was out week one, comes in week two, doesn't really look like himself. Um, you've got Zach Ertz, who's in the middle of a contract dispute, doesn't look like he's going to be an Eagle after this year. Uh, the Eagles got all sorts of problems. Um, I couldn't, their, their linebacking core is not very great. Um, they're basically running on fumes. Like I don't, I don't like anything about the Eagles. But transferring back to the Rams, of course, I disagree because I've been higher for a while. I think this Rams team is better than the team that made it to the Super Bowl last year. I think they have a better defense, and I think they're getting the same production out of a running back group that they did out of one guy in Todd Gurley. They still have the two main wide receivers in Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby's playing well. Uh, Everett is playing really well. Sean McVay and Jared Goff are just on the same page. The media is not super all into them, but they go into the Cowboys and beat the Cowboys for their warm-up game, and they come in week two and just blow the brakes off the Eagles. And I personally, I know we're going to get into predictions Sunday, but when the Rams beat the Bills, everyone's going to understand how real they are. Because I think the Rams are going to beat the Bills by maybe. We'll wait till Sunday. But the Rams are incredibly good. They've got a year now full of playbook material with Jalen Ramsey on the field. How much can you do with nine other guys when you have Donald and Ramsey? I just can't. Maybe they're an injury away from being a bad defense to one of those two guys. But essentially, they can plug and play anybody in that defense. And with Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they're going to dominate. So I'm super high on the I will Rams. Say this. And Rams fans got to be ecstatic. I will say this, and we touched on this back when we did the NFC West breakdown. I remember this being a topic of conversation. The Rams played the entire NFC East by week five. Four of their first five games are against the NFC East. So two down, they're two and zero, oh, and they got the two easier ones left. So I, this team has a very, very, very favorable first five games, and this might this team might start five and zero, oh, and, and when I you, wouldn't be shocked. When you look at how efficient Jared Goff is being, I mean, twenty for twenty seven for two seventy and three touchdowns. I mean, that's a credit. I mean, they're just bootlegging him and play action. And they're doing it all out of like the same four looks. They talk about it on primetime games. Their run plays and their play action plays, they practice to make them all look identical. They just kind of like, they have like four or five looks 
that they can run multiple things out of and they perfect that and they're playing really well. And as a Rams fan, you've got to be super happy and you got to love it when you play a team you're supposed to beat and then you crush them. And that's what they did to the Eagles. It could have been very easy for them to win 24, 19, but they came in, they were supposed to beat the Eagles and they handily beat the Eagles and destroyed them. Yeah. They play the bills this week. If they beat the bills, they're starting five and oh, there's my prediction there. So not looking too much past that, but moving on, we got the San Francisco 49ers picking up the W over the lowly Jets. This wasn't much of a game. It was over in the fourth quarter. Not too much to hang our hat on here. The Jets are terrible. The Niners are good, but they're extremely beat up and they're extremely hurt, much like Denver, um, to the point that I'm sadly I'm almost out on this team. Uh, there's just a lot, lot of injuries here and, uh, they're still talented enough to beat some teams based off just like scheme and, and, um, how well they're coached, but gosh, this is tough. Yeah. The only two things I take away from this game are the 49ers absolutely crushed by injuries, which is going to make them go 0 six in their division with this amount of injuries to the players that have been injured. I don't see them beating the Seahawks, Rams or Cardinals. Or if they squeak out a win somewhere, they can't get into the playoffs with three teams in their division being so dominant. It's unfortunate. And the other thing is I believe everybody in their own mind has put in their bid that the Jets are officially the worst team in the NFL. Um, They are the only team that you just can't see them winning a game. And if they did, it'd be like, how? Um, Maybe if Adam Gase gets fired and a new coach comes in, Bell comes off IR, we could see some things start to change. But even then, a new coach and Le'Veon Bell coming back, how much does that do? The Jets are the worst team, and the 49ers are unlucky. I will say this. Two years ago, Jimmy Garoppolo goes down with an ACL week one or two. The team doesn't win very much the rest of the year. They get the second overall pick, and they get Nick Bosa. If this team has a very similar year where everybody's injured and they don't win a lot of games, they're looking at another top five draft pick and you add somebody like like Jamar Chase out of LSU and you come back and you run it you run it back next year with the sack same team and they're playing a fourth place schedule the Niners could be very well the number 1 team in the NFC West again so it's just this just might be a down year it is what it is i i would like to say though and i don't know how 49ers fans feel but you have Kyle Shanahan a great offensive mind i believe <clears throat> He's not totally sold on Garoppolo. If Garoppolo's hurt and they lose a lot of games or even comes back, if they have a top four pick, look for them to ship out Garoppolo for a second to fourth round pick and give up a lot for Trevor Lawrence going to the 49ers with that defense. Even if they fell, maybe a Justin Fields, he might want to draft his own quarterback. They could move off Garoppolo very easily. I think they could get a first round pick out of Garoppolo now. Well, even if they, I just don't know if the quarterback market, like if there's enough teams that are dying yeah. for quarterback to give up a first, but I could see Kyle Shanahan. He's always come to teams and had quarterbacks that like he hasn't really scouted and brought to himself. I can only imagine what Trevor or what Kyle, <clears throat> oh my gosh, Kyle Shanahan could do with the Trevor Lawrence. I know we're going to say in his name for every team that's in the top 10. It's funny, but I mean, I mean, he has to be considered at this point for a lot of teams, but another yeah. crazy thing that just popped in my head, I, I don't think it'd be too crazy for San Francisco to take Garoppolo and, and 
top whatever pick they have and ship it to Atlanta and get Matt Ryan. I know Kyle Shanahan would, would take Matt Ryan in a heartbeat. Yeah, because the, the, the Falcons are about ready for a reboot. Yeah. Moving on to the next game. The Buffalo Bills start 2-0, and and they beat the Dolphins, who are 0-2, 31-28. This game was actually pretty good. Miami stuck in there. Um, I, you know, this was a, this was not a blowout. So, Josh Allen's terrific, though. 24-35, 415 yards and four touchdowns. He does not carry the ball nearly as much in this game. He, he lets it go in his arm. Diggs has a great game, 8 for 153 and a touchdown. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, solid, too. It's just not enough. What do you think? Until Josh Allen calms down, this team's going to win every game they play. Their defense can play. Uh, when it comes to in-division, sometimes it can be tricky, and the Dolphins are very streaky with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You never know what quarterback you're going to get, but Josh Allen is running the ball like a like a tall running back. He's throwing it all over the field. Stephon Diggs leads the league in receiving yards through two weeks. Um a little bit of a scare here with the Dolphins giving them room for their money, but I believe everyone thinks the Dolphins are better than 2-0. and They played the they Patriots are. and Bills their first two games. That's arguably the toughest two games any team has had in the first two weeks. But, um, gosh, I know I was really high. I fought for Josh Allen in the preseason talking about the Bills and how I thought they'd win the division. It's a little bit different of a conversation with how Cam's playing now. But um, the Bills, they're a formidable team. And uh, Josh Allen, I mean, what can you say? He's been spectacular. Josh Allen was great, but I will say this. I think everybody thought Buffalo's defense was really good this year. They gave up 400 yards in this game. Now, Buffalo had 520 yards of total offense. That's massive for a team that's really not known for offense. The Bills haven't been good on offense in a decade. They've been either a defensive team or a run-first team, but they had 500 yards of offense. That's huge, but they also gave up 400, so... I don't know. Something to watch. I think, I think the Rams might uh, Rams might surprise some people this weekend and actually put it down on the Bills. I have a, I'm starting to think that the Bills might not be able to hang in that game as good as they are. So, moving on to our next game here. This was kind of uh, this was kind of an upset in my opinion. I uh, I did not see this one coming. The Colts take on the Minnesota Vikings, and they knock them off 28-11. Minnesota is, what's the word I'm looking for? Terrible? Lethargic. Like, terrible? Yeah. So Kirk Cousins was uh, terrible. 11 of 26, 113 yards and three touchdowns. It's like they were playing the Vikings or the uh, Niners in the playoffs again. Like this game wasn't close. Indiana, I mean, the, the Indianapolis Colts just put it down on him. Phillip Rivers was terrific, 19 of 25, 200 in a touchdown. Also threw a pick. Taylor had 100 yards rushing. This team was pretty much able to move the ball up and down the field all day, and they almost doubled them. Actually, I'm sorry. They doubled them in total yards, 354 to 175. It wasn't close. In the preseason, I predicted the Vikings to come in last in the division. We were That was one of the divisions we were separate on. You had them winning the division. Over, or did you have the Packers? No, I had them. I had them. Okay. So um, they lose Stephon Diggs, who clearly is a dog, leads the league in receiving over in Buffalo. And somebody misses their offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski, who is now the head coach of the Buffins because Stephon Diggs is gone. 
the Vikings are in for it. They allowed, what, over 40 to the Packers and now 28 to the Colts. Um, flipping it to the Colts, though, Darius Leonard, only player in NFL history to have 300 tackles in his first 30 games. I'm going to say that again. 300 tackles in his first 30 games for his entire career since he walked in. 10 tackles a game. Absolute leader of that defense. They get Xavier Rhodes. He gets to play against his home team. I'm sure it's nice holding them to an 11 points, three until the fourth quarter. But what I really wanted to get to is Phillip Rivers. They cut his throws down by 20, and look at that. He can play. You just throwing the ball 45 times is never the answer. You can't Phillip Rivers do that, especially when he has my man who has officially kicked off his case for Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jonathan Taylor. He was the best peer runner coming out of the draft, and they put him behind some hogs, arguably the best offensive line in the draft or offensive line in the NFL. They just re-signed their center. They have uh, Nelson and Jonathan Taylor looked right at home. He looked like he never left Wisconsin. He just hit the ground running 26 carries, 101 yards and a touchdown. Um, <clears throat> this wide receiver, I don't even know how to read. Is it Ali Cox? Is that his name? Yeah, Comes so, out yeah. of nowhere. Five for one eleven. T.Y. Hilton's taking a lot of coverage, and all these other guys are starting to pop up. Um, you know, they still have Michael Pittman Jr., who's coming into his own, and they're not asking him to be a vocal point of the offense, which I think is smart. But um, this team's going to always play good defense. Maybe not great, but good defense. They're not going to let you off easy. They also got Buckner on their defensive line now, so their front seven's got some players, Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner. And... uh. Man, can they run the ball. They run the ball so well. So this team's going to be tough. Yeah, I don't have much too more to say. I think I think the Colts are better than uh, than their week one performance against the Jacksonville Jaguars, and they're showing it. So I, 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 I don't look at the Vikings as a terrible team, but they have issues and they need to get them fixed. So moving on to some division rivals of the Vikings. The Packers defeat the Lions 42 to 21, but this one's uh this one's kind of funny. Detroit storms out to a 14-3 lead and Green Bay never looks back. <laughs> they put the whooping down on them. Uh just absolute obliterated. I mean, they come back from and basically score 39 39 to 7 the rest of the way. I mean, it's just first off, they did it on the ground. 259 yards rushing. Aaron Jones was unbelievable. Uh, Rodgers was great. 18 to 30, 240 and two touchdowns, but Aaron Jones gets three touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, lions are a mess. We can, we can, yeah, I think we kind of knew that they don't really have a clear runner of the football. Adrian Peterson took seven carries. Carry on Johnson took eight. Deandre Swift took five. There's nobody that's getting rhythm and, and getting the rock. And this team is, uh, this team's in trouble. Um, <clears throat> little fun story. Some of you may know, some of you may not. In a fantasy league, Michael Thomas was kept, and a man did not understand the rules completely and accidentally kept Aaron Jones as the number one overall pick. Number two and three were so excited to get Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley, but I feel like someone is laughing somewhere in their chair looking like a mad genius taking Aaron Jones number one McCaffrey hurt for a month Barkley out for the year Michael Thomas crip walking on the sidelines 
And here goes Aaron Jones, 250 yards, three touchdowns. Oh, Devontae wants to win game one. Fine. We'll just let Aaron Jones win game two. Um, I believe we looked at the Saints as having Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas as a huge big three. In recent years, it was Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown for last year and just continue to roll in this year. The Packers have the best trio on offense. They have the three-headed monster, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams. This team's offense <clears throat> is formidable. They look they look amazing. Um, say what you want. They've got guys you can stretch the field like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He has trust in Alan Lazard. He has no problem using any tight end in the game. Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones. The Packers are just going to say, hold them under 28. We got this as far as I can see. Yeah, not too much more to say. I mean, I think the Vikings, they might be the worst team in the division. But if they are, then the Lions aren't too far behind them. And if the Lions are the worst, then the Vikings aren't too far behind them. Right now, it's definitely a collision course, Chicago and uh, and Green Bay. When it comes to the Lions, since I didn't really touch on them, uh, their backfield's a mess. No one knows what they're doing back there. Everybody's coming in out of the game. No one can get a rhythm. And I don't like to continue to ruin the like the Lions and just continue to say bad things. But um, until they get rid of Matt Patricia, the Lions are irrelevant. And I think a lot of Lions fans would agree. So that's all I have to say on them. Okay. Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys and the Atlanta Falcons. What's there to say? This game was uh, a circus? <laughs> What I took away is both teams lost. For, well, first off, before we even smash on the Cowboys, Atlanta's terrible. At, Atlanta, well, let me let me rephrase this. Atlanta is an absolute juggernaut on offense. They cannot be stopped. They cannot, under any circumstances, be stopped on offense. But with that being said, this team can't do anything defensively they allowed almost 600 total yards from dallas that's almost unheard of this is and, and russell wilson lit them up too it is crazy to me what people are able to do on atlanta right now you cannot stop they can't stop a nosebleed it's just so bad and matt ryan's been great he has not played bad at all this year he's done everything you've asked him to do uh, i think he's leading the league in passing yardage He's been incredible, but this team's given up 78 points in two games. They've given up 39 two weeks in a row. Yeah, we can't really, can't really like destroy the Falcons anymore. It's been such a talking point that I'm sure you guys have heard it on other shows through the week, or you watched it yourself. I mean, everybody's just ripping the Falcons. I don't want to be redundant. They find new ways to lose. I mean, I don't understand. You guys have seen the stat. I shared it in real talk. Four hundred and forty and zero, when scoring thirty nine points with no turnovers. Like, what else is Matt Ryan supposed to do? No turnovers, and and you lose the game, putting up thirty nine. I can't imagine what it's like for Falcons fans, and maybe you guys love Dan Quinn too. I don't know, but he's got to go. Clearly, um, when it comes to the Cowboys, they they haven't really been great on defense, um, but. Their offense is a like a monster. The the Dallas Cowboys, Dak's not afraid to run and put his head down. Zeke might be the best pure runner in the NFL still. 
Their offensive line is shadows of what it used to be, but now they have the players around to kind of carry that O-line. They're not so dependent on it anymore. I know people still talk about the Cowboys like, oh, their O-line isn't what it used to be. Well, they don't need it to be what it used to be anymore. Dak's mobile. He's bootlegging. They have a trio of wide receivers that can all play. Steedy Lamb was my pick to be better than Jerry Judy. He went to a better situation, so I'm not going to harp on that comparison too much. But Steedy Lamb's played well. Amari Cooper, dog. Their, their kicker's tremendous, not only in field goals, but that was a wicked cool onside kick. I don't care what anyone has to say. That was sweet. But um, Cowboys, fantasy monster, great offense. But it seems like they're going to have to win a lot of shootouts this year. Absolutely. <clears throat> Moving on, Chicago Bears take down the New York Giants. Chicago moves to 2-0. Giants drop to 0-2. They also lose. Saquon Barkley. Bears pick up the win 17-13. Not a whole lot going on in this game. The Bears didn't look great. 18-28, 190 yards, two touchdowns, two picks for Trubisky. I mean, Daniel Jones wasn't great either. 25-40 of 40 for 240 in a, in a pick. This was kind of a sloppy game, and obviously after Saquon went out, after only four carries, it was going to be a tough way for the Giants. Uh, they need to get this one figured out. They did sign Devontae Freeman just a couple of days ago, so we'll see about this one. But not too much more to add. What do you got on this one? Um, one, the draft should be moved to New York because New York's not going to win three games this year, and they're going to have the first and second pick. Um, the Giants are just a mess, and they were going to go as far as Saquon was going to take them. You guys all heard me pump him up to be Offensive Player of the Year and how much I was high on him. That's all gone. ACL, what can you do? Moving on to the Bears. Mitch Trubisky, fourth quarter, second half. He just had to get warmed up. Comes back and wins the game against the Lions. We got our quarterback. Comes out in the first half, 17 points. We're playing. They didn't score a single point on the New York Giants in the second half. They didn't score a single point. Um, the inconsistency of the Bears has to be like the fans of the Chicago Bears have to be pulling their hands up, their hair out. Like, what Chicago Bears team are we going to get? They have the potential to be a division winner, but they also have the potential to just blow games. I, this is one of the most unpredictable teams. Like you said, we're in a weekly pickums league. I'm sure some of you guys listening are too. Um, when you get to the Bears, it's very difficult. They have the roster to win a lot of games, but the inconsistent play at quarterback, that's going to determine how they go going forward. But they beat a bad Giants team that got worse after Saquon got hurt. <clears throat> Moving on to our next game, the Arizona Cardinals moved to 2-0. and They beat the Washington football team 30-15. to They cruise in this one, though. Um, they start off 20-zip, to zip, and they cruise to a 30-15 win. Uh, Kyler Murray was great. They put up 438 total yards. Kyler Murray, 26 of 38 for 286, a touchdown, a pick, adds another almost 70 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. So back-to-back week, his scrambling has posed a, a threat to both teams. And DeAndre, once again, is great. Eight catches for 68 and a touchdown. This team is very good offensively. 30 points on anybody is good. I don't care how good or bad the team is. I mean, you should be happy when you score 30 points, especially when you're doing it on over 400 yards of offense. Um, I'm not going to pick this one apart. Washington's solid, though. I mean, they're not uh, – I mean, they had two fumbles outside of that. I think they played all right in this game. 
Uh, Haskins hasn't been atrocious. Not too much more to add, but Washington's just not there. They're under-talented. Yeah, Terry McLaurin's a dog. Love Terry McLaurin. He's, he's been fantastic since coming into the league. Um, I just kind of posed this question. You know, a lot of times we say Andy Dalton's only good because he had A.J. Green, or Matt Stafford was only good because he had Calvin Johnson, or Matt Ryan's only good because he has Julio. Well, there's been a lot of hype the last couple of years on Deshaun Watson and how Deshaun Watson is part of the maybe top five quarterbacks in the league and everyone, you know, Deshaun Watson hype. Is Kyler Murray better than Deshaun Watson? Kyler Murray is in a similar situation, and the second he gets DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, this dude's in the MVP conversation. Kyler Murray, with his feet and his arm, looks incredible. And this is his second year, correct? Like, this is Kyler Murray in his second year. Yeah. We haven't even really heard about Christian Kirk or Larry. It's just like, oh, DeAndre Hopkins is doing phenomenal. It's it's literally Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins looking at each other and just playing backyard football. Kyler Murray's running all over the teams, just abusing DeAndre Hopkins. And I feel like that's exactly what Deshaun Watson did. Deshaun Watson, if you really, in truth, they add David Johnson, they add Brandon Cooks, and those players might not be great. But this Texans team lost one guy. One guy, DeAndre Hopkins. You can even look at it as they got J.J. Watt back. He missed half the year. They lose one wide receiver, and they look confused on offense. Well, let me, let me stop. Let me, let me jump in here. Okay, yeah, I'm interested. Earlier you said, I don't remember who the team was. I think it was maybe the 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 Dolphins you had said played probably the toughest two opponents of the year with the Patriots and the Bills. The Houston Texans open up with the hardest three-game schedule in the history of the league. They're playing the the Ravens, the I'm sorry, the Chiefs, the Ravens and then the Steelers. Here's the we cannot we can't judge this team right now. They just played the toughest two teams in the league. They've, they've sat on top of both of our power rankings a week ago. And this week, they were sitting on top of mine. I think they were top three in yours. I mean, and now they're going to play a top five team in both of our power rankings. So we can't possibly undercut the Houston Texans as much as we're doing right now. That's just my only thing. Are they bad? Yes. Are they as bad as you're making them seem? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not ready to crown them in that sense. But I will say this. I will piggyback here. Who's the MVP of the league right now? Russell Wilson? It's got to be Russell Wilson. Who's second? I think it's Kyler. Kyler's playing outrageous. He's been he's been tremendous. He picks up a fantastic week one victory against a healthy, a more healthy 49er team. And this week, he did exactly what he was supposed to. He beat down on a bad team. I mean, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I think Kyler's balling, and I think Hopkins is great. But I, I'm not ready to just completely bury the Texans. But I will say that I'm, I'm not favoring them moving forward. I just, I was wrong on a lot of teams. You've been wrong on some teams. I don't know that we're wrong on the Texans, but I also don't know that we're right because we can't prove ourselves right when you're playing the two best teams in the football, in the league. That's fair. Just the thought moving forward when you're watching, you know, any games that are on, or maybe you got the ticket and you're scrolling across, 
just watch two series out of Kyler Murray. I mean, he's just... Oh, he's been incredible. He's, he's been incredible. He would be talked about more if Russell Wilson wasn't playing God, God-like right now. Yeah. So, moving on, moving on to our next game. The Kansas City Chiefs come back and they defeat the Los Angeles Chargers in overtime. I'm going to peep my boy Brad here. He's been uh he's been all about the LA Chargers defense and you specifically said in the AFC West matchup and a couple weeks back that this team is built to play against the Kansas City Chiefs. I have been down on the Chargers because I did not like Tyrod Taylor as their quarterback. And had I known that Justin Herbert was going to play, I probably would have chose them to win this game because I think he poses more of a threat offensively. With that being said, Justin Herbert finds out right before kickoff that he's going to play because a wild doc team doctor punctures Tyrod Taylor's lung and a story for another day. But Herbert plays as good as you can possibly ask a rookie who's never taken an NFL snap of any sort preseason at all. He goes 22 of 20 of 33, 22 of 33, 311 yards, one touchdown, one pick. He gets the ball to Keenan Allen, which we haven't really been seeing. Um, He gets the ball to Hunter Henry. They run it pretty effectively. They keep the ball away from Kansas city and make Kansas city come from behind. They had nine points going in the fourth quarter. I mean, what more can you ask of your defense? You held the Super Bowl champions to nine points entering the fourth quarter. You gave yourself a, t- a chance to win. Unfortunately, Pat Mahomes is ridiculous, and they get the job done through the air. Are you more impressed with the Chargers today, less impressed with the Chiefs, a little bit of both? What do you got? I, I, I can't say I'm more impressed with the Chargers because this is what I expected out of the chargers. So my expectations were just a little different. Two years ago, they were 12 and four tied with the chiefs and going into the playoffs and they got beat by the, no, they beat the Ravens and then did to come back cross country and they lost in the second round of the playoffs. So with their defense, I mean, if you're the chargers, it's gotta be a gut punch losing this game you know, your rookie quarterback plays so well. That touchdown he had in the back corner of the end zone was a great throw. Herbert just looked the part while he was playing. I feel like everybody else kind of got juice from that as well, the way he was running the ball, and he's got a cannon for an arm. If you're the Chargers, though, you have the sixth overall pick, and you are playing the Super Bowl champions. It took Patrick Mahomes to roll out of the pocket, sidearm a 60-yard deep ball, Tyreek Hill to catch it and do a somersault into the end zone. And then two 58-yard field goals to lose. You got to think you're right there if you're the Chargers. The Chargers defense, like I've been preaching all year, is incredible. It was actually outstanding how well Joe Burrow played against them, I thought. But you could see how just bad the offense was with Tyrod Taylor. That's where I was wrong. I thought Tyrod Taylor was just going to be better than he was week one. But with Justin Herbert, this team looked really good. I assume he's only going to get better. But before the season, I said this team's going to win a lot of games. And when we did our first five for a lot of teams, I said, don't be surprised if the Chiefs beat the brakes off the Texans, come back home, and the Chargers stun them. 
they were so close. You, the Chargers are a real team, and watch out for them going forward. I think this team is definitely going to win more than they lose. Yeah, I want to take a second here. I'm just going to rattle off some names to you and tell me what you think, okay? Yeah. Joe Burrow, Gardner Minshew, Drew Locke, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, Pat Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. This this league's in good hands, man. That's all under 27, too. It's like a- every it was, single one. It wasn't every too long one. ago where it was Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Big Ben, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. And like Colin Cowherd talks about a lot of times, there was the group of old guys, the young guys, and then the two right in the middle taking the league over was Russell Wilson and Andrew Luck. Yeah. Russell Wilson, the early retirement, we know what happened there. Now it's kind of Russell's the only quarterback really in the thick of his prime. But yeah. Mahomes, Lamar, and the younger quarterbacks coming up, you know, they're better earlier than we expected. And how many times, I, I mean, I know I found myself catching myself like, we keep saying explosive offense, crazy good offense, can score at will, this and that. Like, how many teams have great defenses anymore? I mean, you look at all these scores. I mean, how many teams are under 20? I mean, you look at some of the games here right across the bat. It's 23-20, 30, 31, 26-21, like 28, 31-28. These games are so much fun. The fantasy football, just taking a side note here, just like fantasy football, Watching the NFL Game Pass or NFL Red Zone, it's it's so exciting, and the NFL is in great hands going forward because there's only more and more quarterbacks pouring out of college. Yeah, and I, I just wanted to take a second to point that out. When, when I've seen Herbert, basically, I would say he succeeded in this first game. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah. It's just like it's it's good to see that that the quarterback plays at an all-time high. And I know a lot. you'll have a lot of haters out there that says that games have changed and any quarterback can succeed. But you guys have guys have like Mr. Trubisky who's not succeeding. Uh, Dwayne Haskins hasn't exactly been, hasn't exactly been great. Um, Kirk Cousins has been wishy-washy. I mean, Sam Darnold's, eh, I'm not ready to give up on him, but I'm also not putting him in the conversation of who we just had. And Baker, I'm not putting up there yet. Um, Moving back to our games, though, Kansas City and the Ravens will match up this Monday night. Should be an absolute banger of a game. Uh, but moving on, we got the Ravens and the Texans. The Ravens move to 2-0. and They whitewashed the Texans. It, it, this game was not close. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to play into your argument that the Texans aren't good. But, again, no team has opened up with a harder two games, and nobody's going to open up with a harder three games. Um. This one just got out of hand relatively quick. And the game was somewhat close. I mean, it started off three zip and then 20 to 10. It just it just wasn't enough. Lamar was great, like usual. This team ran it right down the Texans' throats, though. Uh, <laughs> 230 yards on the ground, almost another 200 passing. The Ravens are a juggernaut. We said this yesterday. We've said this a few times. There's no weaknesses in this team. And the Texans just... They don't really have a running game. They were pretty good through the air. They were spreading the ball around, but not enough. Like I said in the rankings, you can go through 31 teams and tell me where they're weak at, like where their hole is, where you can attack them. You just can't do it with the Ravens. 
They are a matchup nightmare on offense and on defense in a league where every team is dealing with injuries. The Ravens are one of the few not dealing with injuries, and they have a top five coach in John Harbaugh. And this team, they went 13-3 and last year. And every team, I assume, when they get, you know, I've been on sports teams before, maybe not football, but you always talk about where you can improve from last year. They cannot improve until the playoffs. This is just child's play for them. They're one of the few teams, I mean, the Chiefs, you would have said, but they actually won the Super Bowl, so they got the hardware. The Ravens don't care at all about the regular season, but they're not sleeping on anybody. They are... They are the one team you can clearly see as a collective group. They are on a mission to destroy until they get to the playoffs. And that's why I know predicting a team this is crazy, but I just want to put more emphasis. This team could go 16-0, and and I think they will win the game Monday night. I, If you're in a survival league and you're ever just not sure one week, use your Ravens pick. You're going to be fine. Like, And if you lose on picking the Ravens, that's just bad luck. Hold because your head high, yeah. Th- th- this team, I mean, the Steelers, if Big Ben's healthy, they played them to two one-possession games last year, and everyone knows when you're playing in your division, it can get tricky because you're seeing those guys over and over and over. But the Chiefs, they played the Steelers twice. I think they played the Bills. Like, this team doesn't play a ton of tough games. And look for more of these Ravens doubling the opponent's score. I mean, they won by 32 last week, and they won by 17 this week. That's what their margin of victory through two games is 49. And they're playing good offenses, good rosters, or good quarterbacks, one of the two. I know they haven't played a great team yet, but every week we're going to get bored talking about how the Ravens dominated another game. Yeah. Moving on to the next one. This was Sunday night football. It was the most watched game of the weekend. And in my opinion, it was the most fun. I mean, the the Chiefs and and Chargers went to overtime. But, man, this one went down to the absolute last play of the game. This this game, in context, went up against LeBron James in game two in a ratings draw. They went up against the Emmys. And this game drew 18 million. A lot of people tuned in for this one. Cam Newton, he was incredible. He really was. He 30 of 44 for 397, one touchdown and one pick, but also on the ground, almost 50 yards rushing with two touchdowns. He looked unstoppable from one yard out until the game was on the line. Julian Edelman had a career high in receiving yards. Yes, you heard me correctly. A career high after playing with Tom Brady for 10 years. But if Cam Newton was incredible, I'm trying to still figure out a word for what Russell Wilson was. Because he was two times better than Cam Newton. Just what I've considered the best secondary in the league, and you'd be hard-pressed to find another team outside of maybe the Chargers who are even in the discussion for this. Those are the top two secondaries in the league, and it's really not debatable. Russell Wilson ate this team alive. 21 of 28, 288 in five touchdowns. He did open the game with a pick six that was 100% not his fault. It bounced off the hands of Greg Olson. This game wasn't it wasn't as close as it looked, but New England battled the whole way and was able to keep up with them. And 
Uh, unfortunately, the Seahawks picked up the pace in the third quarter, and New England had to play from behind. And this was a great game. You know, Russ was terrific. I don't have too much to say. I will say this: New England was Bobby Wagner coming through the offense, the, coming through the offensive line, and grabbing a pulling guard, shoving him into Cam Newton from winning this game. And Russell Wilson was terrific. I'm saying that because the only flaw that Seahawks have is they just are struggling to stop people right now, but nobody can stop them. Not even as good as New England's defense is and as good as secondary is. I, I, I would love to hear the stat because I never heard one. I don't remember the last time somebody scored five touch passing touchdowns on New England. It's got, it's got to be years. This was Russell Wilson was terrific. I have nothing more to say. That's that's that wraps it up. Yeah, um, <clears throat> the fluke of the interception, the very first throw of the game. Um, I don't want to take anything away from McCordy because you got to make people pay for the dumb mistakes, which he did. But um, that that kind of weird play, and then Bobby Wagner at the end. I think those two kind of cancel each other out. Like this was a five point game. I think the score kind of reflected at least what I saw. But um. The Patriots, I believe many, including Patriots fans, wondered, you know, they signed Cam Newton, and then they run a crap ton and beat the Dolphins. You know, same old story. Bill Belichick beats the Dolphins. Cam's running all over. And we were reluctant to accept the Patriots to be another contender because, well, can they throw the ball? Well, Cam Newton ripped the sucker 44 times for 397 yards through to a multitude of targets. We already went over Julian Edelman sets his career high in receiving yards. They can do whatever they want. They can game plan for any of it, and that makes their offense scary. When it comes to their defense, I think this has an asterisk for the Patriots because Bill Belichick usually has the edge over any coach or player he ever faces. Russell Wilson is better than Bill Belichick. And I know that's Weird statement to say, but Russell Wilson, if they would have just ran the ball in the one in the Super Bowl, would be undefeated against Bill Belichick. I believe he's four and one, or is he three and one? He's three Either and one. Either way, he's three and one, and outside of one play in on the one yard line, which was on Russell, he has their number. He attacks Stefan Gilmore. He wasn't afraid to go there. I mean, Russell Wilson has got the best accuracy. He's the best player in the NFL right now. I don't think it's arguable. He's clearly the front runner for the MVP. And I think I don't have a problem saying this to some coach or some ex-players do do this. I would not be shocked at all if Russell Wilson becomes a head coach after he's done playing. His determination to win, all the stories I hear about his leadership and how likable he is, how incredibly smart he is, being an ex-quarterback, there's a lot of coaches that are ex-quarterbacks in the league or vice versa in other places. But um, if there was one player I would deem currently as unstoppable, it's Russell Wilson. He's in complete control the whole time. And I believe on the season through two games, he's got nine touchdowns and 11 incompletions. And one of those incompletions was the pick six that went right through Greg Olson's hands and off the side of his helmet. So, I mean, this guy is just lights out right now. And it's honestly sad to see that he has an interception on his statistics. But 
Russell Wilson's absolutely filthy. And like we spoke about one team being so dependent, I just, what would this team be without Russell Wilson? I believe 0-2 is the answer. But they're absolutely, absolutely. They're, they're 32nd in defense, and that's with Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner. 32nd in total defense and 32nd in pass defense. They have no pass I, rush, and Bruce Irvin, I think his name is, just went on IR with a knee injury. I think it's also important to say that this team, and I should say every year since Russ has been in the league, has been known as a running team with a good defense or a great defense with a running game. They've never really been talked about as like a Russell Wilson-led team. And obviously, he's he's been the best player on their team for a couple of years, but they've been a running team. This team can't run the ball. They were able to run it for 154 against New England, but that's really deceptive because they did not have a successful running day. There was a lot of scrambling from Russ. This team did not just run it down New England's throats, though. It, it was very much Russell Wilson, 100% Russell Wilson. It was just Russell my Wilson, goodness. Russell Wilson, nine, has never received one MVP vote. <sighs> Listen, guys, be- real talk is going to get Russell Wilson the MVP this year. Real talk is going to... <laughs> we got 14 two... more. But two games, he's, got, he's got the beginning of the season MVP already locked up. <laughs> Real talk is going to get the steam going for Russ, and we're going to get him an MVP vote, at least one, if not the MVP. <laughs> Moving on to our last game. Do I the have Raiders. to apologize or no? Oh, a- absolutely we have to apologize. I'm going to apologize, but I'm not I'm not ready to just crown this team yet. <laughs> the Raiders pick up the win, 34-24 over this New Orleans Saints. First off, let's just say that the Oakland Raiders are they're a nostalgia like no other, and moving to Vegas felt weird until I seen them in Vegas. It feels natural. The stadium's beautiful, overlooking you know, uh, overlooking the city and in the Vegas Strip, and you know, at night the Strip just reflects off the stadium, and you know, just seeing that black and silver, and those do those fans once they're in that stadium, it's gonna feel right. Derek Carr has been honestly incredible for this team over the last couple of years, and they're finally starting to get the team around him. Darren Waller is an absolute beast. Jake, Josh Jacobs is great for them. This team's better than I thought they were. I'm just not sure how good they are still. I, they're they're definitely better than the four wins that I crowned them with. 100%. They're going to get more than that. I'm going to lose a bet. But I, I don't know about the Saints either. I think the Saints are they're a bit overhyped because this is a good. It's, they're a good football team, but Breeze isn't. Uh, Breeze hasn't been Breeze. What what was your biggest takeaway? Of this I, I gotta be honest. I went to bed after the first quarter. I thought New England, New Orleans was going to pound them, and I woke up to <laughs> a beret of real talk Facebook posts and yeah. and, and Twitter but, posts about how I was wrong. And yeah, yeah, Daniel and Tony have been two of the guys who have been very consistently active with real talk, and we appreciate that. We um, do. We talk we talk about an offensive league. And the Raiders can straight up score with anybody in the league. Their offense is incredible to watch. And I didn't realize how electric it was. It's so fun. And they were out like two offensive linemen and you didn't notice it. They, they didn't allow a sack. Um, 
John Gruden had, like, I was watching a lot of his post game, and he talks about how Derek Carr has been throwing for over 4,000 yards with, like, you know, not a whole lot of talent in uh, mix and match offensive line. And now they're starting to surround him with the right pieces. Now, this defense definitely has to get it together. Um, but they they made the Saints look not bad. And I, I heard a couple things I'd like to say about the Saints. One, clearly they missed Michael Thomas. Two, Emmanuel Sanders looked like garbage. But I heard one thing that said right after the game, they decided to do film right away. And they put out this narrative from the Saints organization that we want to watch game film right away so we can get better, get it behind us, and move on. Well, I heard an interesting take on first things first from Brandon Marshall. How much of that was them really wanting to diagnose film right away? Or how much of that was the team wanting to enjoy Las Vegas? So I wonder if the New Orleans Saints came into Las Vegas, maybe had a little too much fun the couple days or the day before the game and came out, you know. I wonder how many games the Raiders are going to beat teams at home because teams travel there and let Las Vegas take control of what's going on in the night hours. Per NFL rules, traveling teams are not allowed to leave hotels. Uh, All I'm saying is, is that just something I heard and it was from an ex-player or is that just a COVID rule? It's supposed to be a COVID rule. That's just supposed to be a COVID rule. Well, I just, I still wonder, you know, how much leniency there is. Oh, I'm... I'm sure people were able to get away with some things. I'm sure of it. I'm not trying to say that as an excuse, but I just, it's something to watch. And I wonder if, because the Raiders, I wonder what their home record is going to look like, especially next. It's intriguing. So it's interesting what kind of home field advantage they have in that sense. But getting back to the game itself, Drew Brees looked terrible. The Saints offense looked terrible. And that Saints defense, I thought was actually pretty sweet after game one. Might have been yeah. deceptive with them playing a newly formed team in the Bucks with something to prove. You know, it's still our division. You're not just going to come in here and own it. Then they kind of settle down, go to this team in the Raiders. They think they're just going to walk over, and the Raiders kick the door down. The Raiders' offense was so fun to watch. Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs, they have a legion of wide receivers that can all play. If they're not even great receivers, they've got a lot of speed, including Henry Ruggs, to stretch the offense or the defense deep. So, I mean, Derek Carr's got to hit some of those. I think I saw two deep balls where Henry Ruggs had the guy beat. The ball's too, like just not where it needs to be. Yeah, Ruggs but, only had one catch for four yards, so there's yeah, probably a couple missed throws there. The Raiders have scored over 30 in both games, and they're a couple little clicks away from scoring over 40 in both games so the Raiders were absolutely a joy to watch Uh, they're by far I mean they're they're going to sweep the Broncos with the injuries that they have in my opinion so I the Raiders it's just kind of been deceptive because you know I'm 25 I started watching football when I was about nine or 10 in about the 2005 era I watched the playoffs that Big Ben and the bus and they beat the Seahawks at the end you know, the fumble to the Colts. I watched all that. So being that when I started the NFL, the Raiders have been terrible since I've been watching football. Yeah. Like the, the Bills until two two or three years ago when they got Sean McDermott. 
the Jaguars until they had that just one really good team a couple years ago. I mean, I know they had Leftwich and Gerard, but like there's some teams to me still being only watching football for 15 years that have always been bad. The it Browns. is very it's the Browns, yeah. They're it's very refreshing to see this Raiders team as good because I don't know. I just had fun watching that game, even though I had the Saints in my pickums, and you know I expect them to win, and you know I got my real talk riding on the line with how bad I said the Raiders are going to be, and I I admit I was wrong. Clearly, they tried to tell me, but um, God, it was just I was watching the game. And I was just like smiling, like Derek Carr is playing good, and like they just got a bunch of guys you can root for. Like, who do you see on the Raiders? I I, I don't know if Vontez Burpick's still there, but who do you see on the Raiders? And you're just like, God, I can't stand that guy. Like, you love Gruden, you love Mike Mayock, and them just like messing around before the game, the new stadium, the team. I, I can get behind the Raiders. I'm not saying they're going to win 13 games or nothing, but they're I'm such a young team. It's yeah. so hard to even know the players, really. I'm definitely going to be tuning into more Raiders games because that that was a lot of fun to watch. Well, they have a big one this weekend, 1 o'clock, Sunday. New England Raiders are going to dance, so it'll be a good one. I'm excited. I think think New England's probably going to give them their first loss. I I really like New England's chances in this game, especially, you know, the Saints weren't able to take a part of this Raiders defense. This Raiders defense isn't very good. And the Saints weren't able to do anything against it. So that's what makes me kind of like, oh, maybe New England's going to have a, a good time. But who knows? We'll see. Maybe the Raiders pick up another victory and move to 3-0. and And I'm just so off on the Raiders, I don't know what to do with myself. So, Yeah, that offense is um, it's fun. I don't know. It's just Yeah. Well, with that said, that wraps up every single game. I can't wait for week three. But you know what I can't wait for even more? Tell me. This Sunday. Real Talk Live, 9 a.m. Be there or be square, but don't be square. Be there, okay? Um, guys, I would love to see the Real Talk Facebook post page get over 100 people going into Sunday, and I would love even more for 20-plus people to join us. We're at 98 members. Come on, guys. Get us a couple more, and, uh, yeah, tune in. Real Talk Facebook post. Yeah, Real Talk Live this week on the Facebook group. I'm excited. Thank you for everybody for your comments on the t-shirts. I'm uh, looking into getting those. I'm pretty excited about those. And uh, as soon as I have more information, you guys will be the first to know. Thanks for listening. Brad, thank you. Yes, sir. Take off. See you. Later, guys. Those Steelers. Go Pats.